whenever I invite a speaker, um, I, I want to make sure that the value proposition to the speaker is just is equal to the value proposition of the attendees in the audience. And so uh, I ask the speakers, yes, talk about, you know, what what you're doing and lessons learned, best practices that you've, you know, done in this area uh, within your own communities uh, and projects. But I also want you to challenge the academic audience to think outside the box. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join Michael Holtz and his guests for conversations about all things ORAU. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, our impact on an ever-changing world, our innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers, and our commitment to the communities where we do business. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. As ever, it's me, your host, Michael Holtz, from the Communications and Marketing Department at ORAU. And I am joined, as I have been on a regular basis, with my co-host, Matthew Underwood, also from the Communications and Marketing Department at ORAU. Matthew, how are you? I'm good, Michael. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. So we are talking about the... um, ORU annual meeting, which is um, one of my favorite events of the year. I always love talking about the work that happens in the Research and University Partnerships Office. So I'm ecstatic you get to be part of this conversation for the first time. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I love, you know, the research of the event that I've done and how it impacts so many people. So I'm excited to talk about it and kind of look forward to this year's meeting and see what we have coming up. Awesome. Well, Without further ado, let me bring our guests to the table. Ken Tobin, who is the Chief Research Officer and the leader of all things Research and University Partnerships Office, and Kathy Four, who is the Senior Director of University Partnerships, um, is joining us for this conversation. We're looking ahead to the ORU annual meeting, and uh, Kathy and Ken, welcome to the table. I'm so glad that you're here. Well, thank you very much for inviting us both this morning, Michael and Matthew. We're glad to be back. Um, As you say, we have a very important annual meeting coming up on March 4th and 5th. Um, We do this meeting every year, and Kathy Four has just uh, uh, worked the team, you know, to death to pull together what I think is probably going to be one of our biggest meetings in a long time. Not to mention the fact that um, I think this is the first meeting since COVID where we weren't even hybrid. This is all in-person meeting. Uh, and uh, right now we have, oh, I think uh, around 170 to 180 people registered so far. We have about 60 of our universities that are represented will be attending the meeting. And I think we have around 40, between 40 and 50 ORU staff who are uh, who have registered to attend so far, and we're hoping we Excellent. might be able to entice a few more to come. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that sounds like a great crowd, and I'm happy to say that I am among the ORU staff registered for this meeting. So, Excellent. I can't I can't wait, Kathy. Um, talk about why this meeting is important for ORU. Well, thanks, Michael, and um, hello, everyone. 
in the virtual audience. This <laughs> annual meeting, first of all, I wanted to state that it is just for our university consortium members. Each year when we conduct our annual council meeting, it is a special theme that, uh, that reflects the investments that the federal agencies are making. And we try to align those investments with the capabilities and interests of our member universities, all 153. Mm -hmm. And so the theme for this year is redefining the next generation STEM enterprise. And the reason we chose that is because we are seeing more and more proof in the news, in federal funding opportunities, in conferences where the discussion topic is, where is our future workforce going to come from? And private industry is really stepping up to the plate saying, universities, I need students, your graduates, in skill sets related to advanced technologies. I, we are, the world of work and the skill sets that are needed are changing so fast. At, for example, with the, <clears throat> the CHIPS Act for America is requiring new skill sets at the technician as well as uh, doctoral student expertise if we are going to be a leader in microelectronics for the nation. That's just one example. And so we put all that information together and said, why don't we be that integrator and bring federal agencies, private industry, our member universities, including community colleges and tech schools and make that dialogue happen. And so this meeting is going to focus on how do we build a future resilient workforce? You can attract and retain students in certain STEM fields, but how can they become resilient when emerging technologies are happening around them every day? The second topic is going to be equitable access. So how can we engage everyone, give everyone an opportunity? Because everyone can have an opportunity to be engaged in the exciting jobs for the future. And then the last, uh, the other one is on uh, our ORU STEM Accelerator, which we just launched last year, which uh, has a mission of actually doing and carrying forward what this meeting is all about. And the last uh, panel session we'll have is, okay, we've talked about many different things, but how do we package that into strategic alliances that make sense? So how do we really do the hard part, which is actually getting people together to do something and make an impact, you know? And so we have a lot to talk about, and I hope that attendees will leave this meeting with an action agenda and so excited that they want to talk more about it with each other and not just go back and do their own thing. So I think ORU is trying to be a thought leader in making good things happen for the nation, not just our communities, 
our states, before the nation, and to be recognized as truly a leader in STEM education, STEM research, and creating a richer population of jobs and new interest at the earliest age in the education ecosystem. So Kathy and Ken talking about the, you know, looking at, basically looking at the topic and really from the research and university partnerships office perspective, there is a lot going on in addition to the annual meeting, which is bringing everyone together. You know, Kathy, you mentioned the um, ORU STEM Accelerator, our innovation partnership grants, you know, do some of this kind of hands-on training to get, you know, we, we have examples of, you know, students being certified to do very specific um, pharmaceutical related um, skills. And, you know, so training the next generation STEM enterprise really is in our DNA as an organization. Um, this meeting really just kind of capitalizes on a lot of what we're already doing and hopefully bringing partners together to do even more. Right? Yeah, yeah I might jump in here and just, just say, if you, you look at ORU as a company and we are so impactful in, in the work that we do in workforce, right? The Department right. of Energy, NASA, Environmental Protection Agency, Army Research Lab, you know, so many placements and participants and postdocs and early career faculty that we provide opportunities for thousands. In fact, over 9,500 every year that we place. But, you know, when you when you go out and you talk to industry mm -hmm. about us and other organizations and other states, they know very little about us. They know very little about our success there. And so this this meeting along with the work that we're doing with the STEM Accelerator, it's really focused on, um, you know, ORU's historic mission, really, to, to provide value to the nation, to be impactful to the country. And we start looking at the opportunity to develop uh, STEM education, workforce pipeline development, bringing in um, 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 conversations with, with unions and union labor. How do we get people trained up to help support next generation or, you know, uh, national needs in, in a STEM workforce, our community colleges, our technical schools, you know, beyond, beyond what we do with our universities, but in partnership with our universities. This meeting, the STEM accelerator, it's all about really how do we position ORU to be more impactful on a national level, right? beyond the incredible work that we do for the federal laboratories and the national laboratories. And I think that's very key because we're moving into a new, uh, a new generation of, of opportunity within the company to really impact the nation in a positive way and to help the U.S. grow its, its STEM capability and support our industries and support our companies and, and everything. So it's, it's, a, it's a great time to be in, I think. Absolutely. So, you know, you talk about, you know, why this meeting is important and, you know, the 
key topic that's going to be discussed and some of the other, you know, subtopics and the panel speakers. What do you want the consortium members that are attending to really take away from this meeting? Kathy, you want to start with that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, whenever I invite a speaker, um, I, I want to make sure that the value proposition to the speaker is just is equal to the value proposition of the attendees in the audience. And so uh, I ask the speakers, yes, talk about, you know, what what you're doing and lessons learned, best practices that you've, you know, done in this area uh, within your own communities uh, and projects, but I also want you to challenge the academic audience to think outside the box. And so what do they need to do to say, revise their curriculum? What new technology tools could they incorporate into the classroom, K through 16, it doesn't matter. Um, so I want them to be uh, thinking more innovatively of if I partnered with Intel Labs, what would that look like? And how could that expand my university's research portfolio as well as being recognized as graduating thought leaders in the needs that mesh well with where Intel strategic plans are going? So it's really aligning the teaching and learning environment to the real world. <laughs> yeah, I would, I, I would, um, I would add on that that you know having these federal agencies, the universities, we have invited guests that are from industry. You know, we're bringing this group of people together to really talk about that whole STEM ecosystem. And as Kathy is saying, you know, the universities play a key and critical part in that. But where we sometimes I think nationally fall down is we don't necessarily work together across all these different levels of education and outreach and coordination with industry. And so by having this meeting, we're having that discussion. How do we do that better? How do we maybe align um, creating programs at the community college level to provide certifications to uh, uh, two-year students who are going to go work in industry quickly because they, they're trying to get out there, start their lives, and, and you know support their families and those types of things. But also, say, for example, provide a mechanism for them to take those degrees, certifications, and put them towards a four-year degree if they decide to move forward later so that everything builds on, its, on itself. It, it doesn't it's not done in vacuum, in silo, right? So those are the kinds of the conversations that we're talking about. And by bringing everybody together from these different sectors to, to talk about how we can make that happen, I think that helps put us forward, you know, forward and moving down that, that path. Yeah, and when I yeah. invited the speakers and talked with them, each one said the timing for this is perfect and needed. So, you know, we had done our homework. We didn't want to duplicate what other conferences just happened last week or doing the same thing. So right. it, it really was a lot of time was spent to structure it the way that it, it is different. 
And I think the difference is, like Ken said, is let's bring everybody together in one room. We'll lock the doors if we have to. And you can't leave until we formed a partnership. <laughs> I really consider this uh, maybe a paradigm shift and in the conversation. It is, let's call it the new Manhattan Project in STEM workforce development for the nation. And I think ORU can be the leader to push that down the road with the partners that we have formed. Now, there are going to be a lot of newbies uh, at this meeting. They just learned about ORU. Uh, they've been in business doing these kinds of things for a number of years. And we haven't linked up until now. Right. And so the benefit is going to be, I think, across ORU for these people to learn more about what we do outside the consortium. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we are called matchmakers. And to me, this <laughs> annual meeting is just another way to play matchmaker. Well, and one of the things that I've, I've loved about the annual meeting, and, you know, we certainly capitalized on it last year with a you know report that we created afterward is there really are opportunities in this meeting. I mean, we don't, we're not just bringing all of these folks together for two days of, you know, let's chat and go home. It's, you know, <laughs> opportunities are at the table for um, collaboration and for opportunities for our university partners to work with industry and with our, you know, our agency partners. So it really, it really is a productive endeavor. It's, it's not just, you know, let's let's have a party for a couple of days. It's really <laughs> it really results in um, partnerships, and that's one of the things that I love about this meeting. Um, a because then at some point I get to talk about what came out of some of those partnerships. You know, either here on the podcast or you know we talk about it in the annual report or whatever. That you know things really do happen as a result of the annual meeting, mm -hmm. which Kathy, I know is why you and Ken spend so much time putting this together. It does take a lot of time. You have to start early. I start usually right after the meeting, uh, actually before the meeting uh, is even occurring. I'm already got a list of speakers identified for the 2025 meeting. Which you is, know what the theme is already, right? Yes. <laughs> we do yeah. have a topic, but we're not going right? to share it again. It's a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hold that until yeah. a later conversation, for sure. It's um, a good, good teaser to look ahead. That's yeah. right. Yep. So who are some of the speakers that are, that are coming this year? Well, we've got uh, three keynote speakers. For example, uh, we have Suda Parikh, who's the CEO of American Association American Association okay. for the Advancement of Science. Thank you. Okay. Well, he's going to open up the meeting, and uh, he's very excited to come. He's he's a well-known speaker, and he's got a strong message, particularly with AAAS, the STEM Opportunity Alliance that they just launched last year, and now uh, ORU is actually a member. Okay. And then we have another keynote speaker, Elizabeth Albro, 
She's the Commissioner of Education Research uh, at the Department of Education. And she's a newbie, so we've never had Department of Ed, surprisingly, to speak at our meeting. But I also wanted to point out a couple other speakers who are panelists. And one is John Dyer. He's the Associate Vice President for Workforce and Economic Development with the American Association of Community Colleges. Mm. Okay. And then Nakisha Pettyjohn, who is leading workforce development activities for the National Skills Coalition. You know, just think of those two organizations that are been around for a long time, very much involved. But I am, let's say, super pumped about um, Gabriella Thompson, who is the Senior Director of University Research and Collaboration at Intel Labs. So she is going to be speaking about really building that future resilient workforce with what Intel is doing in the different states and building new plants and the struggles that they are having right now in trying to get the right skill sets, getting people mm. to fill those job slots that are needed. And then another interesting one is Scott Lucas, who is the president of the National Coalition of Advanced Technology Centers. Okay, so we've got the tech centers covered. And so we don't want to lose any, you know, leave anyone out that needs to have a voice right. at this meeting. So I feel good. And, you know, I could have had more, but, uh, you know, we have limited time. I mean, we could make this meeting <laughs> a week long if we wanted to. Uh, and then well, we're going to close with a keynote uh, by some, a, someone, uh, don't have the name right yet, I'm supposed to know next week, but it's for the CHIPS for America and okay. representing U.S. Department of Commerce and NIST. And that's going to be a closing keynote. Uh, they're very committed to this and um, uh, they understand the importance of it. And so that closing speaker is really going to set the stage, I think, for more. Okay, leave here today thinking this. You know? Right. And if you think about the uh, Chip for America Act and, and, you know, the opportunity to get somebody here from NIST, Department of Commerce, who can talk to us about what the, what's going on there. That's this whole, the, the, it's a great model for the idea of uh, onshoring semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S., right? We've, over the last couple of decades, a lot of that industry has moved away. We need to bring it back for a lot of reasons, national security reasons, economic reasons, you know, all sorts of things. And so here's partnerships with industry, academia, federal government to try and create um, um, opportunities and economic enticements and educational reorientation to try and fill the need that they have for uh, producing the STEM workforce that supports the, the semiconductor manufacturing industry, right? Well, right. if you think about what we're trying to do with the ORU STEM accelerator is to do something analogous, if you would, but focused on the nuclear energy industry. Right. Um, and so we are just kind of launching something they were calling the Partnership for Nuclear Energy, uh, which really does in attempts to do a similar thing. How do we uh, align what's happening in, in industry with the growth of new nuclear, small modular reactors, the expansion of existing nuclear and extension of existing nuclear and building a workforce 
for those new companies and existing companies and, and energy providers, right? So just, you know, think of what we can learn from what's happening in a positive way on the CHIPS Act with what we're right. attempting to do uh, on, the, on the nuclear energy side. It just kind of makes sense to bring these people together and, and, you know, learn from each other how to move these kinds of uh, opportunities forward. Absolutely. You know, I love how we talked about, you know, Kathy used that word matchmaker, and that's really what this meeting is about, you know, bringing, you know, the consortium members with the partners and with the people from outside industries and bringing all those people together to really make a difference and be able to take something out of this meeting. Are there any stories that you all can share of, you know, how that's happened in the past at this meeting, you know, a partnership that was made that led to a project that, you know, made a difference? Yes, I'd like to bring one up, and it actually led to one of our grant programs for a research project, and it still has legs. It's <laughs> so it's it's been going on for quite a few years. Uh, that probably not a lot of people realize, but Penn State University, we had a cybersecurity professor uh, attend the meeting, and we also had one of our social scientists at ORU attend the meeting. And they started having a cup of coffee and chatted about common interests. His interest at Penn State was on, and highly publicized in the news at that time, fake news and just misinformation. Mm -hmm. And he was developing an algorithm that would say, why would someone click on something they thought was true, but it wasn't versus someone that saw it and did not click on it. So what's that human interaction? Why is that happening? What does that look like? And so having a cybersecurity specialist matched up with a social scientist was exciting to watch because they come from different backgrounds, they had different perspectives, and they actually learn from each other. And so they uh, received a grant to do the project. And then they uh, together uh, submitted joint proposals to NSF, three of them, and they were awarded. And now they are executing new curriculum at two of our member institutions in the computer science department. So it's making a difference where it needs to make a difference. So that's just one example. Right. That's amazing. That is awesome. I might uh, give another example here, and I think we could tie this back even potentially to, you know, back in 2022, our annual meeting topic was on public health, security, and innovation. And we had developed a number of relationships with universities around um, uh, the, the COVID epidemic and right. things like wastewater surveillance mm -hmm. and other things. And we had hosted a series of webinars on data science around these topics. And we have created um, as a mechanism for being able to work more rapidly and quickly with our universities, this contractual mechanism where when the universities instead of uh, uh, working with us under a memorandum of understanding, they're actually working with us under a, a contract. So we bring okay. them, we put a five-year kind of broad uh, agency contract in place where we can quickly work with them 
to get funding to them to help support an effort. So we have a, a recent success with Arizona State uh, University um, related to wastewater surveillance that's funded by the CDC Shepherd program. And so that's a great example as well of where we've been working with a number of universities uh, in partnerships and concepts and ideas that have come out of these meetings, these annual meetings, and have actually turned into a fairly significant work funded by the CDC in partnership with OGS, our ORU Government Services, uh, to execute on a, a really uh, important and interesting program uh, uh, in, in wastewater surveillance. So I, I think that one is another example. But there's there's things like this that intertwine all across all across the organization between OGS and ORISE and RUPO and uh, highlights really the, the kinds of engagement opportunities that we're creating for our universities that are also beneficial to ORU as a company to help us, you know, serve the mission that we have for the nation. Which strengthens the value proposition for our <laughs> university consortium members. And uh, hopefully, um, I mean, not hopefully, everyone benefits, right? I mean, yes. everyone benefits across the board because they're doing meaningful um work working on meaningful projects that benefit the nation as a whole which is all part of our mission as an organization so um it's it's really exciting it's it's i i always get excited by the annual meeting i know you guys do too um i'm really looking forward to um being part of the meeting this year and, and listening to all of the speakers and and you know, figuring, helping figure out the key takeaways and all of that stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. Is there anything just by way of wrap up that you want to make sure we cover before we close this conversation? I, I would just say, I, I hope that um, this, uh, this podcast will help excite even more people from within ORU to come and attend because it's just such a cross cutting topic mm -hmm. and we work uh, work these whole issues of STEM training, education, workforce development, workforce solutions across the entire company. And it's just a great opportunity to bring all of our experts together to hear what's happening, you know, in the rest of the country around this topic. So looking forward to it. Great to have the opportunity to uh, discuss this with you all and to get the word out there that it's just around the corner. March 4th and 5th is not very far away. Not far away at all. And we'll come back afterward and talk about um, some of those key takeaways and the, and the importance, yeah. you know, what what basically was put on the table um, during the meeting for opportunities for our university partners, for our agency partners, for industry, et cetera. So I'm looking forward to that conversation as well. Excellent. Well, Kev, Kathy Four and Ken Tobin, thank you so much for spending this time with Matthew and me talking about the annual meeting and helping us um, get excited about what's coming in the next few weeks. It's going to be a great couple of days, and I know um, we're looking forward to it and can't wait to see what happens. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for having us. Thank, thank you. you very much. Have, absolutely. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU. 
and on Instagram at O-R-A-U Together. If you like Further Together, the O-R-A-U podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast. 